And like that, we are back. Money Gang Podcast. You already know who I am. Episode 85, 86. Now, um, for this first, for the intro, in this segment, we will uh, talk about what happened Sunday with the NFL games. Um, the last game in the NBA Finals, which Miami Heat won. And we'll talk about new music that dropped. Um, I'm going to do 21 Savage right now. And then I'm going to talk about YG and why I like his new project. So, let's go ahead and get it started, man. Um, so, as you all know, uh, Dallas Cowboys looked awful on Sunday and lost to Baker Mayfield and uh, Odell Beckham-led Cleveland Browns. Now, my biggest takeaways from these games, I mean, obviously I thought this would be the televised game in these parts of the region, but obviously it wasn't. So I had to look at the highlights um, after the game was done. My biggest takeaways is his defense, this Odell play that, you know, kind of was a kick to the gut when he was climbing back into the game, which seems to be the story these few, what, few weeks up into the NFL season. Like, we shouldn't be climbing back into games with everybody and – that shouldn't be like we got to set the tone and go big. I mean, we obviously we had a, what fourteen seven lead. But after this, after that, what they scored like what twenty one unanswered, maybe something like that. So it's just crazy. The defense, I don't really know what's going on with this defense. I mean, I thought with McCarthy and the way he approached things, it would be good. But obviously, this is not the same situation in Green Bay. Obviously, not the same team. And is there certain things that needs to be worked on that I thought would have been hashed out already? This is looking like the same team, the Jason Garrett team. Like, I don't – it doesn't feel like this is anything new. I feel like the defense actually got worse than they were last season, and they were pretty – not to my liking, I would say pretty bad. So, um, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand when are they going to get on their feet. I don't think that this this Giants game is a gimme as it should be. Is uh, that's saying a lot. So I don't really know um, these games that I thought would be easy games: Cleveland, um, Giants, Redskins. These are all competitive games. Uh, this is not the Cowboys team that I think I would see uh, like uh, approaching Week Five and all this. So this is kind of crazy to me. I really don't know what to expect from this team. I really don't know what they got going on. I really don't understand why this team still looks the same. I thought stuff was going to be different. I don't understand why we had what a great a good offense, but why the hell are we still drafting um off offensive pieces? And no disrespect to C.D. Lamb, um his his presence has definitely been felt in these mostly losing efforts, but. I don't understand why that would be your first thing to get. Obviously, this defense needs more pieces. Obviously, this offensive line isn't as great as it used to be. Losing major pieces, you would have to try to replace those. So I don't understand why that would be your first thing to get. It was a right receiver in the NFL draft, knowing, I mean, we was already good. Had Amari Cooper, Gallup, Dak, and Ezekiel Elliott. They doing what they do. Um, I really don't understand. That's, that's that's starting really to play like now. Like it seemed good, because I, I thought getting C.D. Lamb when we did was a steal. Um, and McCarthy was gonna work on the defense and you know get it to work, get it to work in this type of system, whatever he coached. But this doesn't look different at all. And 
it's kind of frustrating now, this whole Cowboys thing, like, it's really making me want to just step back out of this whole fan thing and just, you know, just watch it. But, I mean, I don't know. It's still early in the season. No, Nobody knows what happens. It's, we ain't even reached December yet. So, it's still a lot of stuff that could happen, okay, before, you know, the paint dries or whatever you say. So, that's how I feel. Now, let's move on. Because they, you know, this whole conversation, I ain't even talked five minutes about it, but it's already going to be kind of hot and feeling how I felt <laughs> the last two Sundays. So uh, let's talk about NBA. Now, in the NBA finals, you know, the Lakers was up 2-0, Miami won one. And now I'm seeing like, oh, okay. That's why I kind of wish we kind of lost game one to get all this, you know, Lakers in trouble thing out. Because that was just, you know, the formula for the first, what, two series in the playoffs. Portland won. The Rockets won. Then, you know, we just took off on them. And it ain't happened like that with the Nuggets. But Nuggets snuck one in there. But we still finished them out. So, now when we went up 2-0, now everybody like the same thing's happening. Okay, I get it. Cool. Butler 40, you know, and all that. But to me... In today's game, watching Butler and I, you know, I know what Jimmy Butler is capable of. I've been following his game and respecting his game ever since he came to superstar prominence with the Bulls. So, my biggest knock, I understand he's the first player to ever, you know, in all stat, in all stats, you know, outplay LeBron in an NBA Finals game. So, that was kind of it was kind of boring to watch that, and I'm gonna say it was a quiet forty. I mean, don't get me wrong, Butler on the regular is basically playing fucking point guard for these motherfuckers, and Goran Dragic, he's basically the two guard, and it's basically you know Butler running the point, facilitating, driving, kicking, you know, making these passes, and that's still what's going on. He didn't even shoot a three in none of this. That's what I'm saying, like. If you'd have shot a three, it would have felt like, you know, 40 points. But it didn't feel like 40 points. So when they said he had 40, I was surprised watching that. I mean, of course, you know, I just see him going to the line a lot and, you know, getting layups and getting points like that. But that's usually what he does. That's really his game. He can shoot. But I didn't know why he didn't have that. And that wasn't, you know, how he would be getting up there. I was thinking he would be, if anything, if Butler scoring 40, my imagine me imagining that is him firing on all cylinders, just not you know the way it's did, and it's still cool. It shows you know even in the way the league is when Steph took it to you know threes and the Warriors had they run that changed the league. That changed the league, and that's what we're accustomed to seeing. That's when it feels like okay they out of this, they begin blow it out. You know you could tell Steph got thirty, forty points, or Clay got thirty. Something like that feels like it, but that didn't feel like it. So when they said it, I'm like, oh, okay. And I didn't even know about the other stats or his, you know, the box score, how whatever he was doing in every other category. But he definitely outplayed LeBron James on one of the biggest stages of the NBA. And to all these people, since I'm talking about the finals, before I, you know, just talking about, you know, it's an asterisk. Um, was it? Why are people so indulged in it? You know. I think most of these Clippers fans trying to say this or whoever said this, but my whole thing is this. Hall of Fame player Scottie Pippen or Shaq or whoever, if that was if this was your reality and you was had a chance to win a championship, um, 
um, I don't think that motherfucking y'all would be taking us an asterisk. I think y'all motherfuckers would be in that bubble trying to compete for it, an NBA um, championship. But it's different, you know, it's different when you retired and you can speak on the youth and what's going on right now. But, I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of wild to say that and kind of like downplay the year as we, we've been through as a country with the whole pandemic and everything and everything has to get put to a halt to say that and deny the, you know, the dedication, the, the, the sense of what being incomplete, not having girlfriends, wives, kids, whoever, family, friends around and have to be in that position since July and we in October right now. You gotta show respect, and you know it's yes, it's something definitely different that they're accustomed to. They're used to home cooked meals, having their family and friends around to comfort them, and you know that's their comfort zone. But now it's a different feel, and I like how everybody in the playoffs and everybody that was in the NBA bubble before the playoffs. I like how everybody, you know, played. I like how everybody dealt with it, you know, and. It kept, you know, the real NBA feel, and I give much respect to everybody in the NBA. I'm not saying, you know, I'm just, like, just downplaying the whole championship, and I'm not even saying that because my team is in it for the first time in a decade. It could be my team could have missed it again this year, and I still would be on the same side of the fence. It's just I'm not downplaying that. I don't know how important that is, and I damn sure don't think that anybody who gets a ring or whatever is going to downplay that ring or that moment or that championship, especially these first-time guys, not LeBron, Danny Green, JaVale, you know, Dwight. I think these guys have been to the finals, you know, Rondo, you know. So those first-time guys, I think they definitely will not, like, say, oh, well, that was the corona year or anything. It doesn't matter. They still won a championship. And to say that, for them to be champions and say that, I don't really understand. But then again, it's always some type of level, you know, of old nigga hate to, you know, and all that. So that's just definitely how I feel about that. Now, I just had to get that out. Now, moving back to Jimmy Butler. He outplayed LeBron in every way. Like, LeBron had six, seven, eight turnovers, whatever. But he was it just wasn't – it was sloppy play and – Miami was just throwing different defensive schemes, stacking it in the middle, double-teaming AD, just, you know, rebounding like they're supposed to. But I don't think none of that would matter tonight. And I think the Lakers will come out on edge trying to get that 3-1. And once we hit that 3-1 with one more game to close this out, I really don't think this is in the Heat's control. I mean, they got their one game. Okay, the series is about to end anyway. So... Once they get to 3-1, they will definitely close it out, and the Lakers will be the NBA champions. Mark my words. Now, it's definitely going to be some competitiveness in these two, these next two games, but I think the Lakers will pull it out, figure it out, and win by a respectable margin if it's less sloppy play, less turnovers, and being more scrappy on the boards, physical down low, which I don't think that would really be a problem. It just was a problem of them seeing Miami get physical down low in the last game, which kind of threw them for a loop. And, you know, they really set the tone. So I think we have to come back smarter, make 
make them extra passes on offense, get back, have great transition defense, and then you will see the dominance that was established in the first two games. So, I mean, it ain't so no, it's not no surprise that Miami won. I'm the more looking at the response from everybody else and how they view it. I mean, we knew Miami deserved to be there. And if you watch them all season, not even just the playoffs, you know that they had that spark. But nobody know that they was just going to take off the way they did. That was more of the surprising thing, in my opinion. But I knew they had the talent. Eric Spolster is definitely um, one of the a Hall of Fame coaches. He had my respect. Ben had my respect. Respect everything he's done. But, yeah, uh, it's not surprising. But he definitely deserved to be here right now. And they deserve everything that they're getting. But this is definitely um, going to take a turn. And I didn't even mention the LeBron, you know, Butler trash talk thing. You're, you're in trouble and all that. That's definitely going to play a part in how LeBron approaches this next game. And I think LeBron walking off the court with uh, 10 seconds left kind of, you know, a lot of people want to throw jabs at him and all that. But, I mean, what do you expect him to do? He just dropped 40, and some, you know, outplayed him all over the board. So what's he supposed to do, run over there, you know, and dap him up and say, yeah, like, I don't, that's not going to rock. This is not no regular season exhibition game. This is the, not even the, it's more than the playoffs. This is the NBA finals. Finals. This is, uh, you know, this is the highest stage. So it's a level of com- competitiveness that's definitely between Butler and LeBron that we're going to see tonight, and we're going to see how things go. So, yeah, this should be definitely be something worth watching. I mean, that's out of the question. This is definitely going to be something worth watching. But, I mean, I feel like the Lakers will definitely pull it out. They you know, play how we're accustomed to seeing them play and, you know, do it in great fashion. So, moving on. 21 Savage on Friday released a follow-up to his uh, 2016 mixtape project, Savage Mode, featuring Metro Boomin. And this definitely was lived up to the expectations or exceeded it past. Like, this is a great project from 21 Savage. I personally wasn't a big fan of his last album. I am greater than I was. And because I don't like the, I don't like, me personally, I don't like the albums, you know, with the hitting features and all that. I like to know who's on the project because that really kind of draws me away from it in certain instances. And with that being said, I, I listened to the project, but sometimes I couldn't, you know, it is it didn't feel the same. So it was kind of shaky like that was some good album cuts of course he had the hits but i didn't really overall really like the sound of the project and too many features in that sense i could probably see why he didn't list the features because it was a lot it was a lot not to be knowing like who was on this track and just have to to know somebody's voice to know like okay this schoolboy q or you know this is you know that person but um, overall, I would say, um, Savage Mode 2, this is a great project. When you think that Metro Boomin can't, um, 
do it no more. He don't have no hot, like have no more hot beats. He goes into this bag that's unforgettable. Now Metro is definitely an elite producer, but combining him and Twenty One Savage, and Twenty One Savage still evolving as an artist, getting better each time he drops. So this is definitely one of my favorite projects of the year easily because Twenty One Savage is a different type of artist. I know he had the whole, you know, international thing going on, you know, that led to memes and all that, which he addressed, he, which he addressed in um, this album, Savage Mode 2. And I'm, I like what I'm hearing from 21 Savage. I like how, when I was introduced to him, you know, from the free Gucci mixtapes and, you know, um, which one was it? Slaughter Tape. And um, Slaughter King. Now, that's when I was introduced to Twenty One Savage. Versus now, hearing Red Ops at parties, and when I was introduced to him, to now to songs like a lot into this project, he has did almost like somewhat evolved into this fit public figure. And well spoken in interviews and how he tackles everything and addresses everything. Like this is very cool to see that. Cause some artists they come in street guys and basically leave street guys, die street guys, or get incarcerated with street guys, and that's their career. But to know the route that that comes with and give opportunities to the people around him and start foundations to help kids out. That's what it's all about, being not just a rapper, but a black man coming from the communities in which these people come from. So that's very important. I feel like every every song up here has a meaning, whether it's about females or just regular hood shit or whatever. Like this definitely... It is a good project from Twenty One Seven, and I feel like this might one. This might be. I don't know if what songs are being played on the radio and how you're tackling the singers. I know, um, Mister Right Now featuring Drake. That should be the song that's you know pushed and all that. That probably will be, but this is definitely um. A great project from 21 Savage. And if this is what the type of stuff we're going to get, then he will have a long, he will have much longevity in his career. Um, within a very few years, he has already reinvented himself and did different things, different sounds, different songs, different subject matter that we never thought we would hear from 21 Savage and has worked in his favor. So you can't really deny his progress and everything so that's how i feel you know everybody streams savage mode 2 from 21 savage and metro Bowman. and this is the first half this is the first segment i'm gonna put out and this is gonna be episode 85 we're gonna return to this we're gonna talk about power we're gonna talk about these delusional fans that we and simone see on the daily so all right
I'll see you for part two.